this is coffee number five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. It's all about you and I want you to succeed. Download today my exclusive insider's guide to generating business relationships that last and turns into sales. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to coffee number five. I'm here sipping my, my coffee. And as always, I'm thinking about money. Money is a powerful world. Money is a power, has a power of make us feel miserable because we don't know what to do without money. But then when we have money, we don't know how to, what to do with it either. So, and I feel like a lot of people that I meet um, in different places in the world, they're like, depends of their economy and depends of where they're standing in life they don't need know how to prepare for what it comes and how to protect their money we're always talking about protecting our assets having insurance in the house if something happened but many times we don't know how to protect and take care of our money and how to make it grow why not so today i I'm super excited about the, this because I brought a woman who has a very similar background as mine, but in from different parts of the world. We come back and we meet here in the middle of the world or somewhere in between. And I mean, I want to hear more about your journey. So welcome, Kiana, Danielle. Uh, I think I said it right, right? You did. Well, so welcome to Coffee Number Five. I'm super excited to be here. I know you're um, you as today best-selling author. You've been, I mean, you, your trajectory is it's crazy. I mean, you went to Japan to to learn engineering, if I'm not <laughs> wrong, right? Yeah, that's correct. But that's not what I do any right now. I did I did the engineering because of the family expectations because they expected. I come from a traditional family that they think you have to either become like a doctor or a lawyer and then an engineer was next and I cannot become a doctor because because I hate blood and then lawyer was just too much for me so I did engineering and I sucked at that one too but yeah that's what I did for seven years in Japan but um, that didn't make me any money so I do not practice engineering right now. So how did you find out that this is not making me money, so I will move into something else? So what happened is 2008 market crash, I was still in Japan. And when the markets were dropping, I became fascinated about like the dollar moving and things like that. I'd accidentally participate. I, like, I didn't accidentally participate, but I decided to kind of see where this is going. I accidentally made a ton of money. For me at the time, $10,000 were a lot of money. I made that much money in a month when the market was crashing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of money. Like there is a lot of money to be made in the, in the financial markets. So that's when I became very fascinated about the whole system, about economy, about finances, about money. Uh, I did first try to go and give my money to a money manager to manage it for me, but they screwed me over. Now I know why, because money managers don't have your best interest at heart. So then after that, I was like, okay, this is it. I really want to learn all about this and take the matters in my own hands. So that's what happened. Now, here we are. Yeah, well, I see that. I mean, now there's a big trend in this world that a lot of people want to become entrepreneurs or have their own business or manage their own business. Also doing their own finances and even doing your bookkeeping, but also to play with crypto, play with all those things. And there's all this software 
Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's hard because you have your day job, or even if you're an entrepreneur, it's like a 24 hour job, you are one of them, so you know. So how do you do it all? How do you run your business at the same time you manage your money? Right, so the managing the money part, so that's the thing. But this is what's different from what people assume managing money is and what it really should be. You mentioned the word that really triggers me and you said playing. This is not playing. This is not trading. This is about consistently putting some money away in the markets. I have a $5 million portfolio. It takes me only one hour per month to manage it. One hour per month, if even. I am not like, that is not my job. Even though I teach how to do it, that is my job as an entrepreneur. My whole business is about how to teach people, teach people how to invest their money, how to manage their money. And I also teach people how to run their own business. But managing my money, making my money work for me is not my job. It's putting my money into work. It's the opposite of my job. Well, I so, love that clarification. Yeah. That I use <laughs> I mean, and I use the word playing. It was a very choosy word. I chose it because that's what people told me. I'm going yeah. and playing the market. Yeah. And to me, it was always like, I don't want to play with my money. It's your hard-earned cash. Why would you want to play with it? And I mean, even so, like, the, 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 these are the words that we try to eliminate from our students' dictionary the moment they get into our movement is like playing the markets, trading, news, None of my students watch the news. I do not watch the news. I'm often on the news. And I know as somebody who's often on the news, I'm on the news at least once a week talking about the markets. They only call me when they want to have clickbaits, when they want to create more hype, FOMO, because that is how they make money. They make money by making us fearful. If we're not fearful, like think about the weatherman. The weatherman, everybody's watching TV when there's a hurricane coming. The moment the hurricane leaves, Nobody's watching the Weather Channel. The same is the financial markets. And they profit from prolonging all these ups and downs and reporting, oh my gosh, it went 2% up. It went 2% down. That, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Do not watch the news. And all it takes, as I said, about with investing with low risk, not risking your money, not playing with your money, but actually making it work for you. I call it making your money have babies. So that what you, you get your money from your business, you put in your investment account, you calculate your risk tolerance so that it is absolutely unique to your risk tolerance. And then you go about making money because that's where you can actually create value. So um, that's, that's basically how I do it. And I'm telling you, if you're spending any more than an hour per month on your investment account, you're probably going to lose money. <laughs> the less you spend on your, on your investment account, in fact, is going to be better. So it's more, the less you play, the more you are consistent. Yeah. I mean, it's all about coming up with a number. Like the first step that you have to take really is to understand what your risk tolerance is. How much money can you be contributing? That is the money that is not necessary for paying your mortgage or rent or for food. I personally invest all of the money after spent paying for my business, paying for my employees, paying for my family's necessities and our lifestyle. Like we took like good vacations. Everything after that goes to my investment account, but it is automatic. Every single month I contribute the certain amount that I know is right for my family. I, I set up the system 
and then I go about my day. I don't turn on the news. I don't look at the news unless I'm going to be on the news and my money is working for me on the background while I'm doing whatever it is that I want to do, hanging out with my family, doing my business, having interviews. So, so when, is- you, <laughs> when you talk about your system, mm-hmm. because there's so many platforms out there, and I think that's what, and everyone is trying to sell you something because there is someone taking, like you said, advantage from yeah. your gain at some point. So how do you choose what's right for you? Right. So the system, when I talk about the system, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a platform, the platform, as long as you are not handing their, you the, them your money to manage, it actually doesn't matter which broker you use. It actually, as long as they are secure and they are, they are abiding the SEC and the Federal Reserve rules and they are insured, they're fine. It doesn't matter if you go with Robin Hood, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, all these platforms, all these brokers, they're just a tool. They're giving you access to the markets. If you're investing in cryptocurrencies, you can go with Coinbase, you can go with Gemini. It doesn't matter as long as you are in charge. When I talk about my system, my system is not, is not a platform. It is basically the series of steps that I take in order to create an investment strategy. So it's basically a knowledge system. We call okay. it investiva diamond analysis. You analyze your risk tolerance. You analyze the asset you want to invest in and to see if it matches your risk tolerance. And then what I set up is that I basically tell these platforms, again, it doesn't matter which platform. You can, let's say, TD Ameritrade, all right? So I have a huge portfolio on TD Ameritrade or in Fidelity, all right? So you go to Fidelity and there is something called a buy limit order. What a buy limit order is, is that you basically, it's kind of like a crock pot. So a crock pot, what do you do? Go and set it. You say, okay, I'm going to put in all the ingredients. And then you set the timer and you forget about it. You go about your day, right? And then you come back, food is ready. So buy limit order is kind of similar. You tell your broker, hey, I want to buy, let's say this asset. Let's say, I don't know, Apple, Amazon, Coin. Bitcoin, whatever it is that, that what you want to invest in at this price, right? Once it reaches this low, because you don't want to buy at more, like when the price are high, right? So the cool thing is like, this is kind of like being able to tell a shop that, hey, I want to buy this Chanel bag when it's like Black Friday and the price and drops. It's, to it's like on sale, price. of course. Yeah. And then the shop says, okay, so we're going to put this on hold until the, the price drops to $2,000 and then we'll buy it for you. So this is how a buy and order works. And, what okay. I, and, and basically all you have to do is to train yourself, is to gain the skill to figure out what these levels are, how low the price can go, tell your broker about it, and then go about your day. Like, don't worry about, oh my gosh, it's going to reach. Oh my gosh, it'll reach. I don't care. I don't look at my portfolio other than one hour per month uh, that I have dedicated in my calendar to go and like readjust and see where the markets are at. I have a question for you. Where do you start? How many, uh, how many companies you choose? How many, where is you it start, person it, to start? It doesn't matter how many. So the first thing that really matters, which is the reason why, well, majority of people don't do this step, and is the reason why a majority of people lose money in the market. It has nothing to do with what you buy, how many you buy, what price you buy at. The first step 
is understanding where you stand financially. And I know a lot of people are a little bit like, ah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, and uh -huh. they might have an idea in their head, but majority of times my students come in, I give them my risk management toolkit. And then some people are, oh, I have a very high risk tolerance. They put in the numbers and then I, oh my gosh, I can't, I, I actually don't have a high risk. And, th and then there is the other way. Like, oh, I, 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 can't, I don't like taking risk. I'm very conservative. They put in the numbers. They actually have a very high risk tolerance. So risk tolerance, when I talk about risk tolerance, is not what you have, what you assume your plain money is. It's not where you assume you are financially. There's actually like numbers you have to put in. You don't have to do any math. It's just you becoming aware of exactly how much money is going out, how much money is coming in, how much is in your bank so account. Let's clarify what a risk tolerance is for our audience. Okay, let, let me clarify that actually. So a risk tolerance has three components. Number one is your willingness to take a risk. That is your psychology. That is your personality. And even for that, there is a questionnaire that you have to, I would be actually be more than happy to give that question for, free, for, your, for your audience. But you take Love it, there are that. like 20 questions and you're like, oh, all right, based on this re results, my willingness to take a risk is medium, high, or low. The second component, first component was willingness. Second component is your ability. Your ability to take a risk has nothing to do with your psychology or personality. Your ability to take a risk is a combination of where you stand financially, what your income is, what your expenses are, how old you are, what are your goals, how many kids you have, what is your dependency, all the things that come into play to see what your ability, what your real monetary ab ability to take a risk is. And then that could come out again, based on the, I'll give you the whole, the full risk tolerance toolkit, risk management toolkit to your audience. Uh, but um, in fact, you can, they can go ahead and go to investiva.com forward slash masterclass. There's okay. this video they can watch. And then at the end of it, they'll, they can download the risk management toolkit. So they can go ahead, download the risk management toolkit. Again, it's investdiva.com forward slash masterclass. And then when they download it, they're going to see, okay, so my ability is this, my willingness is this. And sometimes your ability is low, your willingness is high or somewhere in, the, in between. And then you can find out how much money you can actually put in. That is a lot more important than what you buy, how much you buy. Okay. Then there is a third component. We talk about number one, willingness. Number two, ability. Number three is your certainty. Is your certainty about the assets that you're investing in. Because then people are like, oh, I have high risk tolerance. What am I going to buy? They go on Twitter. Elon Musk is talking about Dogecoin or Twitter or whatever. And like, oh, I'm going to buy whatever Elon Musk is saying. So your certainty about what you're investing in is a lot more, is 100% more important than how much you buy, how many different assets you buy. When I talk about certainty is you actually know that asset. You actually know the company. Now, you're like, okay, how do I find a company that I really know about? So the best way to do that is to actually go to your credit card statement and see what are the companies you're already a customer of. You know about those companies, right? You're a customer, you're a consumer. There is a reason why you're a consumer. So you're going to ask yourself questions. Am I going to continue to be the, their customer? Am I happy with their, what they produce? Are they going to be relevant 10 years, 20 years from now? Right? 
and do yeah. your research that way. And if you can get five assets that you're a certain amount, that's where you start. Yep, that's a great advice. Let me ask you another question because I see a lot of people like lately they invested in crypto, which is great, mm -hmm. but crypto went down. Yeah. Suddenly. So what's your strategy here? It's like you just wait for them to rebounce or you move away and you try something else. Okay. So, well, cryptocurrency went down, so did the stock market. Okay. So, um, the strategy across the board is the same. If you're certain, like I'm not telling you go invest in cryptocurrency because I told you so. You need to have some understanding because your level of certainty is going to give you that emotional management when the markets go down. But to answer your question, there is absolutely no strategic advantage in selling at a loss. Absolutely. You only lose if you sell. And this is where, again, that certainty part comes back on. If you research about an asset, if you research about Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, whatever it is that you want to get involved with. Personally, I'm a Bitcoin fan, but I also have some, I have about 20 assets in my crypto portfolio for different reasons. I actually have written the book, Cryptocurrency Investing for Dummies. So before mm -hmm. you get involved, I would recommend that you buy, you, you read that. But any market, if you're certain, if you got into it, so that your money works for you long-term to create generational wealth. When the markets go down, it is time to buy. And by the way, we talked about my system. We talked about setting buy-limit orders. Mm -hmm. Once you learn how to identify the prices these assets could drop to, because markets are cyclical. Yep. Markets are cyclical, right? Yeah. So you can always, you cannot predict precisely, but... I actually predicted, like, we can just Google my name. I've, I've been quoted all over the place that when Bitcoin was at $68,000, I said it was going to go back down to 30. And it mm -hmm. did. And I had a buy limit order at 30. So I bought more when it dropped. Now, could it drop even more? It probably will now that it's broken above below that level. But am I scared? No, because I have my personal reasons as to why I have invested in Bitcoin that I don't want to get into because it's going to be, it's a different story for a different day. But, um, but that I apply the same exact strategy to all the other assets that I've been certain about investing in. Now, am I always absolutely correct about all the assets I, I pick? No, but- But that's why you diversify. That's why because, you diversify, exactly. Because you're not going to always go right. I'm not always going to be right. Like in the same that business decisions, and that's what I want to bring this, uh, this talk, because we are, a lot of people are, are mixing a lot of their business decisions and their personal decisions. How do you draw the line and say, I'm not mixing my business with my personal, but I take this amount from your reinvesting in my business mm -hmm. and put it to work? Okay, so let me clarify your question. Your question is how much money you put back into the business and how much money you put back in Is in it the worth it to, how do you make the decision if it's worth it for you as a, mm -hmm. an entrepreneur or business owners to reinvest in your business or to put that money to work? So good, such a good question, I love that. So you reinvest in your business as much as you can scale. Mm -hmm. So I personally invested in Facebook ads a million dollars last year. That is actually more than I invested in, in the stock market. 
I think last year, last year I did, or maybe, maybe similar amount, but I made $10 million. Right. So, <laughs> but I'm always, I'm constantly like, there are two separate things. they are two absolutely separate things. So I'm investing in my, in my business as much as it, it can scale. I'm not going to go break even investing in your business. I typically know if I put in $1 in, in my Facebook ad, if that ad produces, makes that into $2, I know that's a good ad. I'm going to continue with it. If it's not performing, I'm going to shut that down. It's a little bit faster, much faster result with wheel than the stock market. My business, the, the budget that I have allocated to my business is as much as it can scale. Like there is no budget as much as it can scale. And I know how much it can scale because I can see it within 30 days. If this person that I hired is performing well, if this amount that I invested in the in, in, in ads is performing well and I cut it, I adjust it based on that. Mm-hmm. And your business can, can, can grow way faster than the stock market. There are completely two different things. Like my business 10Xs every single year, whereas my portfolio this year, well, the markets are down. So my portfolio is actually down. But my vision for my portfolio is 20 years down the road. Whereas with my business, I have to scale every single year. So while being an entrepreneur, it gives you a very, very amazing, good insights on how to select a company because as an entrepreneur, you can look at their management, you can, you can look at their marketing, you can look at the category that they're in and like, oh my gosh, this is a good company. So entrepreneurs actually have a very good eye for stock picking, mm-hmm. but two different strategies. And totally. And also, I mean, there is a lot of risk involved as we discussed in the market, but mm-hmm. also there is a lot of risk involved and in entrepreneurship that oh, there yeah. is a lot of people that they are not looking at those rates. Like I always say that entrepreneurs, we are risk managers mm-hmm. because we never always need to be assessing if uh, hiring a person will bring us that added value. Mm-hmm. If changing strategy, creating that ad is going to bring us or not. So we are always trying things. So it's the same situation as the market. It's less. No, the market is a one and done thing. Whereas entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is my full-time job. Mm-hmm. It is way harder than investing. Exactly. <laughs> it is way harder. Investing is the easy part. It's just what you have to find out for investing is the setup time, figuring out how much you're going you're gonna to allocate every month, set it and forget about it entrepreneurship no it's a 24 7 job baby it's like it is by far the most time consuming thing and the most rewarding thing when it comes to entrepreneurship the first thing i invest in actually is myself i'm always always learning new skills and i'm always like in masterminds and learning new things and being with other entrepreneurs but when it comes to investing i shut everything down completely two different things okay uh, that makes sense um, so before we go, I want to ask you this last question that I ask each one of my guests here. So that mistake, because I do believe that we learn a lot from our mistakes. That thing that you said, oh, I should have done it differently. But you learned so much that it was so worth it for you to have that experience. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. So um, what, what's that story? So I'm going to tell you a mistake that I made with my investing because I've made so many mistakes uh, in my entrepreneurship journey, my training, all the things. I'm going to give you, I think this is valuable, the mistake that I made when I first came to New York. 
And um, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna start investing. This is so cool. The markets are going up and down. And I actually got a job on Wall Street. I got fired. And then I bootstrapped my way up. Finally, I got a gig at the New York Stock Exchange. I was like, okay, I'm gonna learn on the job at the New York Stock Exchange, surrounded by all of these traders and investors who are making millions of dollars. I'm gonna do what they're doing. I'm not, it's not, I'm definitely gonna make millions of dollars when I listen to them. So I was at the New York Stock Exchange reporting on the markets, learning from these traders. And because I had this fake confidence that I'm surrounded by all the best of the best, I put in now $15,000 of my savings into a trading account. And I started listening to people, put in the market, and boom, lost all of that money. Oh, listening no. to the people on the New York Stock Exchange floor. I'm like, how is that even possible? I was super frustrated. I was like, how is this even possible that I'm listening to what other people are doing they make money and I lose money. What's happening? And what I finally realized, and I hope this is like your the takeaway that I take from the segment. Uh, there was this person who's now my, my mentor, Guy Spire. He told me, Kiana, you got to stop trading and you got to start investing. I'm like, what's the difference? And he said, trading, if you're going in with your 15K, you're not going to make any money. The only people who make a ton of money trading are investment bankers who are making, who are using millions of dollars of other people's money in the markets. It's a full-time job. It is super high risk and you have to be stuck to your screen all day. You cannot do anything else. If you're doing trading, you should be stuck to your screen all day, looking at the markets going up and down. What you want to do starting with low amounts, even if you start with 500 bucks is investing. That is long-term. Don't stuck to your screen all day and let it grow on its own. And rest assured, I went back in now with 500 bucks. I committed to contributing 500 bucks per month to my portfolio at the time. And in three years, it turned into $50,000. And then from there, I'm now at $55 million. So that was the biggest mistake that I made, that I thought trading and investing are the same thing. And I hope your listeners won't make that mistake. That was an amazing uh, tip. Thank you so much for being here, for having coffee with me. I loved it. I loved all these uh, takeaways and very high, easy explanation for these difficult questions. I'm glad I was able to uh, <laughs> give you some guidance there. Thank you so much. And to you guys, I'll see you next week for more coffee number five. Find everything you need at larashmoisman.com or in the episode notes right below. Don't forget to subscribe. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.